everybody, Dan Hayes, Binder Boneyard. This is the very first episode of the Boneyard podcast. Uh, I'm coming to you from the office desk of the parts storage room slash NOS parts hole slash dog kennel slash break room, uh, bathroom, and, uh, you know, ladies powder room. So... If you hear stuff, that's why uh, this is the most unprofessional podcast you'll probably listen to, which is kind of how I like it because uh, I'm not exactly a professional guy. Um, anybody who knows me from the Facebook pages or Instagram, uh, because that's where I'm at a lot, uh, at Binder Boneyard, Instagram, and uh, Dan Hayes on Facebook. Um, sorry, I won't be your friend unless I really, really, really know you. Um, but we do have the Binder Boneyard business page, and also I moderate a group page called the uh, IH Truck and Scout Mafia. You can check that out. Um, you know, I still might not approve you. Depends on if you're a weirdo or, uh, you know, ultra-religious, because um, sometimes we post some questionable stuff on that page um you never know it's hard to say um but you know uh, as far as this show goes um you probably will hear some cussing and swear words i will do my best to keep it down but i can't make any promises that it's going to be kid friendly um <laughs> or anything like that so um yeah hopefully this podcast grows to be something that uh, you enjoy and is informative and educational and informational as you want. Um, so probably the first thing that we'll want to talk about or start off with is, and one of the things I get asked a lot, uh, especially since I have the international tattoo on my arm and on my leg um is dan how did you get started in internationals what drew you to them and honestly there was nothing that drew me to them other than their cost um because when i found my first scout uh well i'm 39 and I bought my first Scout when I was 20, I think, 20. So 19 years ago, <clears throat> there was no Craigslist. There was no eBay. There might have been, but I definitely wasn't on it. But there was a magazine that you could purchase at most gas stations and convenience stores called The Truck Trader. A lot of you guys remember the truck trader or the auto trader or the nickel or whatever your local magazine was. And um, I was wanting a four-wheel drive. Uh, at the time, I had a two-wheel drive Ford pickup. And I also had a four-wheel drive Ford pickup, but it was a newer, you know, F-250. So that would have been 99 or 2000. 
and uh, I had a 94 F-250. So at the time, it was pretty new. Not exactly something I'm going to go wheel uh, or beat around the bushes in. So uh, a lot of my buddies had four-wheel drives, uh, Jeeps and Broncos and Cherokees and stuff, and uh, I didn't have any of that. And so I started hitting the truck trader, and, you know, Land Cruisers were five or six thousand dollars and jeeps were three or four thousand dollars and i have no mechanical ability at the time i barely knew which way to turn a wrench which way to do anything um definitely was new to all of it um so they everything that was in my price range needed work and I didn't know anything about it. Well, in the very back of the truck trader, in the section called Other, was a little red 66800. It had a spring over lift on stock springs. It was a four-cylinder, four-speed, which I wish I had known how special that was at the time, and uh, it had 36-inch swampers on it. And they were mostly bald. Um, but, you know, uh, they were still good enough to go wheeling on. They still had those big meaty sidewalls and stuff. So I thought they were pretty awesome. So, anyway, I called the guy. Oh, it was 800 bucks, And the ad said that it ran and drove. So that's what I needed to hear right there. So I went, my girlfriend went with me, um, looked at it, walked around, he started it, drove it around a little bit. It came with a repair manual, you know, the big white um, CTS manual. And uh, uh, so I paid the guy full price, 800 bucks, and I drove it home. And it drove like shit. It handled worse. It was not the most fun to drive, and it was pretty gutless. I mean, yeah, it had 427 gears, because that's what the four-cylinders had. And thank God it was a four-speed, but uh, other than that, it was, it was tough to drive. Got it home, started tinkering, but at the time, you know, I mean, I'm barely out of high school. I didn't know what the hell tinkering even was. I don't know what I was doing. I just knew that there was wires that weren't connected and things that were missing and stuff that should have went someplace was going somewhere else and you know just uh stuff that needed to be addressed so started playing with it uh, my uncle has a good friend that was a, a mechanical type guy and my uncle said go talk to old gary hadeen well Gary Hadeen, or Mr. Hadeen, as I still call him today, was my junior high science teacher. And never would have guessed that he'd had internationals. Well, I go to his house, which is, it blows your mind when you go to a teacher's house when you're a young, you know, I'm right out of high school, so I'm going to a teacher's house, so that feels weird already to begin with. And then there's all these internationals and he has a scout 2 
you know, a L series pickup, R series pickup, a couple of C series, uh, and a D series. And I'd never seen anything like it before. Oh, he had a travel all too. That's right. He had a 64 travel all with a three speed on the column with overdrive, which again was all this was just blowing my mind because I'm new at all this stuff. You know, it's like, I don't know. It was like discovering Jesus uh, and Santa Claus at the same time. Anyway, so I take my scout down to Gary's. And he starts helping me figure out what the heck is going on because there's stuff that it needs. Um, you know, the carburetor, the float kept sticking and it would overflow out the vent and things like that. So he started teaching me some of the the ins and outs of uh, of working on international specifically. So I'm, you know, kind of, I blame Gary for giving me the bug as far as getting him going. He started teaching me the, you know, just basics of turning wrenches, how to bleed brakes, how to set points, how to, uh, you know, I mean, I knew how to change my oil because I'd done that with my pickups over the years, but just, you know, changing spark plugs and the firing orders and the stuff, you know, being that he was a junior high science teacher. He was very good at teaching me mechanics, um, and I will forever be grateful for that. Um, Gary will, you know, I will always cherish our relationship. I mean, he, he's still alive today, thank God, and I see him all the time. Um, I text him all the time, and he's a great man. Um, you know, I, I love him to death, but he's, you know, a large part of, of what I do now is because of him. Um, so anyways, then, uh, you know, I nursed that scout along for a while and, and it had a terrible spring over and it steered awful and it had a track bar. Somebody had fabricated a track bar that went the opposite direction of the drag link. So hitting bumps and stuff was like the worst kind of bump steer you can have. It was, it was just gnarly. It was all over the place. So... Yeah, um, I uh, spent time with Gary, discovered some of these other models, and I stumbled into a Scout 2. Uh, that would be my very first Scout 2. Then we'll save that story for another time because uh, it is also another uh, anecdotal, hilarious story about everything you can do wrong when you buy a Scout 2. So, anyway, that's that's that, but... Um, so as far as the Boneyard goes, a lot of people that do follow me online, they see what's happening and what's going on, and currently we're getting ready for Nationals, uh, the black truck, the Travelette, is getting a lot of attention, um, wheel bearings and seals up front, um, brake pads, getting the calipers whipped into shape, um, I changed the air filter out added some tie downs to the bed, did oil change, uh, transmission fluid change. I'm going to try to get a fan shroud and fan on it before I leave, but I don't know if that'll happen. Um, because yes, I run that engine with no fan. Uh, for some reason, the Cummins can handle it, um, but it makes me nervous on some of the big pulls and, and hot days. But uh, yeah, so that's what's going on 
right now. We're still trying to get customer work done, but um, with everybody quitting, because, um, yeah, uh, Charles, the welder, quit. Uh, Jamie, the office girl, quit. Um, my helper, uh, Chris, quit a few weeks before everybody else quit. So it's just me and Tom right now, um, and I honestly don't know how long that'll last. Uh, I know Tom gets irritated with me because I'm pulled in so many directions that I can't get out there and help him as much as I want. Um, you know, seeing how nobody else does this stuff now, it's me doing eBay, balancing the books, receipts, shipping, keeping up on the social medias. Um, you know, I'm I'm actually recording this between jobs on the truck you know i figured it was a good point to stop and so i came in and fired this up so um i hope so far that you guys are enjoying it uh so as far as the show goes some of the things i want to try and do on this are you know tell you guys stories about my life experiences with internationals the things that i've done the places they've taken me um the stuff that I was part of that everybody takes for granted nowadays is just always being there. I, you know, was part of in the beginning, um, at least of this wave. So, you know, all this show I like to talk about that. I'd like to provide insight to um working on the trucks, answer questions, um, definitely give a lot of tech tech on the show i've got a, a library of books here with everything um you know all for all the models anything that anybody has a question on um we'll have an email address that you can send your questions to uh it's actually binder boneyard podcast at gmail.com uh you can send your questions there and i will repeat that address several times throughout the show um the show is slated to only be half an hour right now and gonna be three days a week like monday wednesday saturday more than likely um just because i you know coming up with content keeping the show interesting and then my production guy keeping him you know not burying him and and everything like that so um you know that's our plan right now feel free also to email and uh and give me some feedback as what you think of the show and uh or you know message me on social media because everybody seems to reach out there that's the new the new medium for communication uh, is instant message dms whatever so slide on into those dms people i'm okay with it uh you know, I'm a modern man. It's okay if you want to slide in there. So, anyway, one of the things I'm seeing a lot of on the Facebook pages are people asking redundant questions, which that's just bound to happen with new people and what's coming out. Uh, you know, people are stumbling into these things or seeing them on TV, thinking they're cool or, I don't know, they're spotting them in town and and suddenly they're becoming interested in them and so uh you know redundant questions over and over hey how do i take my top off what's the best oil to use what's do i put in the transmission what kind of transmission is this 
that sort of stuff. Um, you just see over and over again. So I'm going to try to be a resource here, you know, if you, somebody wants to know something. A lot of debate about what kind of oil to use uh, with the cam break-ins and whatnot. And so far the consensus is the zinc, uh, a lot of zinc. Uh, some guys like to run an additive. The Rotella diesel oil, the 1540, seems to have the highest zinc concentrate of any of the oils out there. Uh, Dello 400 is right behind that. Uh, we use a lot of Dello here. I've had good luck with it uh, in the diesel engines because, well, it's a diesel oil, but uh, in the Power Strokes and uh, and then even in my Cummins trucks, the, the Dello just seems to be a better oil. I, I don't know. It's I guess half of it is just a feeling, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I like to I like to use that, and so I buy that stuff by the by the case, and we run a lot of it. But anyways, the oil that you want to run, you know, you try to avoid going too thin. Uh, you definitely want to stay above a thirty weight uh, if you're going straight. Like a straight oil would be thirty weight. I like fifteen forty. Um, just because of its consistency and temperature ratings and the durability being that it's diesel rated. Um, and then also don't forget to run a quart extra in your pan. Some of you guys already have a corrected dipstick. There was a technical service bulletin about um, upping the oil capacity. Um, and so a lot of the dealerships got new dipsticks with new markings or uh, I've seen a couple come through that had hand scribed lines and marks on them to indicate the new oil level um, so it depends you know on what your truck's taking but I think seven quarts seems to be the norm as far as scout twos go um, you know six quarts will get you by as well but I believe Seven is uh, what a lot of guys like to run. But again, use your dipstick and uh, see what you get at. Uh, if, if you put in five quarts and it's at the line, then you definitely need to add another. Uh, you put in six and it's at the line, you're probably good. Um, six and you're under the line, then you definitely know you need seven. So um, you just have to pay attention to how many you put in and, uh, and where that line is. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a big one that comes up is just oil. You know, you don't want to burn up these engines. They're expensive to rebuild. Um, not terrible. I mean, you can get a long block from S and J for 2,800 bucks, but you can also get a long block Chevy, small block Chevy from summit for 900 bucks. So, you know, there's a, uh, there's definitely more cost involved with building the international engine. Um, it's not on obtainium. It's, you can get this stuff, so don't be afraid of it, but you also don't want to wreck it for no reason. Anyway, there's that. Um, but, uh, you know, something I was thinking about um, today when I was cruising Instagram is new scout builders. I see there's a whole wave of guys cashing in on the scout popularity. And it's kind of frustrating um, for guys like me that have been in it for so long and have accumulated the knowledge that I have. 
And trust me, I'm still learning every day new things, different things. Every time I crack open one of these books, something jumps out at me that I don't remember from the time before. So, um, you know, I just been putting in a lot of time. And so we see these new guys who aren't necessarily scout guys. They're just flippers. That's what we call them. You know, they're just into making money. They know how to polish paint. They know how to, you know, sew some seat covers and throw down a carpet kit and then send them back out for 25000 And it's it's frustrating for me because that's what the rigs are like when they come to me. We get these beautifully painted, nice seat scouts with wiring fires, with engines that barely run, and you know transmissions that don't shift and all that stuff because this person bought a beautiful scout from eBay or sight unseen off of Craigslist because that happens to um, guys will buy rigs they're not even from here they live in Florida they see a California scout pop up on Craigslist for 15 grand they buy it have it sent here for a quote unquote checkup and that's when we discover that it's been completely wired with you know Romex from your house and it's held together with duct tape it's frustrating for us because I hate to see people get ripped off I really do I don't like seeing people get taken advantage I don't like seeing the scout name get drugged down either that's the the other thing that bothers me is when people uh, you know they they spend money and think they're getting something awesome and then uh, come to find out that it's it's needs a lot of work and all of a sudden it's oh this thing's a piece of junk and why are scouts so terrible somebody should have told me this they were so expensive and they get mad at at the brand instead of getting mad at themselves for making a poor decision or mad at the seller for misleading them which happens a lot because a lot of times the sellers don't even know you know they yeah they did a great job refinishing the dash but they didn't take a gauge out to see that the wiring was melted from the ammeter all the way to the alternator uh you know so sometimes it's not the seller's fault but a lot of times i like to think that it is just because there's so many shady sellers out there um, you know, so I just hate to see, see these new guys pop up that are good at paint and concealing mistakes and problems, you know, people falling for it because they love shiny paint and LED light bars. Um, you know, it's so, yeah, I wish more guys put effort into mechanicals, um, functionality, durability. These trucks are too good too durable to let um just rot away from neglect and and mistreatment uh you know because i've i have a scout in here now that had a full restoration done 20 years ago and it's completely rotted off of the the frame now because the body shop that did it did a terrible job because they didn't realize the guy was going to use it like a scout he was they didn't you know they restored it like it was a 67 camaro not like it was a, you know, 66 Scout 800. So the guy used it. He took it to the beach. He took it to the mountains. He used it. 
and you know the filler started falling out of it the rust started creeping out because they didn't treat it like you know like a truck needed to be treated and i see that with more and more of these new restorations again quote unquote restorations coming out um it, it's it's unfortunate so you know i hope people can listen to this and and keep that in mind when they are looking at a truck you know ask for pictures of under the dash behind the dash you know if the engine wiring is all loomed up and it's all original but it's covered in brand new shiny black loom you might be a little suspicious um see what they're covering up because the original wiring would have been wrapped in black electrical tape essentially from one end to the other so it still would have looked clean but it just you know it's wrapped in tape so you know if somebody goes out of their way to loom it like that and it's not a rewire you got to ask yourself why what are they concealing are they just trying to dress it up or are they hiding something and if they're not hiding something they wouldn't have a problem with snipping a little tape and peeling the loom back to show you that the wiring is in fact in good shape because I've seen plenty of melted alternator wiring um, that gets concealed and and then later catches on fire or burns up and people are confused what the heck just happened and you know I wish somebody would have told me or whatever it's it's you hear it over and over so um, yeah just beware people of of what you're getting into because um, it is it's a it can. You can spend 20 grand on a pile of crap really fast. So, um, yeah. But anyway, um, so as far as the shop goes, you know, we are extremely busy. Um, but I still like to answer your questions and respond to you. So, you know, don't be afraid to, to comment. Uh, please, you know, it helps a lot if you... Uh, tell your friends if you share our posts if you like our posts if you put the word out that we're out there and some of you guys are great about doing that um you know and i and i do appreciate it i appreciate every every like every share every follow that we get um and hopefully you guys tell your friends about this podcast uh it's uh hopefully hopefully get some speak some interest and and you know shows shows everybody what uh what internationals are all about we're not just a fad suv you know that's trendy right now because it's so different or whatever it's it's actually uh you know it's a very durable reliable solid platform for a off-road vehicle you know so um again you know tell your friends they might not even be into scouts but they might be looking for a classic four-wheel drive so you know don't don't discount the scout and you know don't forget about us when it's um time for time for them to purchase one or at least or even purchase one and then have repair work done because unless you're buying a brand new restoration they always need some sort of repair work and they don't even know what repair work it needs because most of the time they're not trained mechanics and i'm not saying that i'm a trained mechanic because i am self-taught and a lot of trial and error has gotten me to where i am uh but you know i've seen enough i've done enough of these that i know what to look for and 
you know the problem spots. Even a lot of you guys that do read the forums and do pay attention, you know the problem areas too. Um, so you can help steer your friends in the right direction um, and, uh, and then steer them here, you know. I'm um, hoping, hoping to cover some more ground next episode. Um, you know, I'll tell a little more stories, give some more technical stuff. I might read a few pages out of a scout brochure, uh, which are always hilarious. I'll do my best to try and describe what uh, what I'm looking at because again, it's you know it's radio, so you can't exactly see. Um, but I'm hoping to maybe start supplementing these podcasts with some YouTube. Um, some uploads to the YouTube channel so that if I am reading from a book or something, you can see the pictures and, and understand what I'm talking about. But, um, but no, I'm, I'm just going to do my best to try and keep this thing interesting and hopefully keep you guys interested and, and tell everybody, you know, and share it and like it and subscribe. And if you feel like throwing in a dollar a month or whatever, you know what? I don't care. I just I appreciate the support, and you know, um, I never thought that I'd have got to where I am in this business, and uh, I have a feeling I've got a lot farther to go. So I'm uh, grateful and thankful, and appreciate you guys. So again, you can follow us at uh, Binder Boneyard on Instagram uh, or the Binder Boneyard on Facebook. Um, or the YouTube channel, like I said, it's Binder Boneyard. Um, and then if you have a question or comment, you can email us at binderboneyardpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, if you have questions, email them in, let us know. Uh, again, binderboneyardpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, that that's about the end of this show. So thanks again, everyone, for listening, tell a friend, tell your family, like it, subscribe it, share it. Uh, it'll be on all the platforms here shortly. So, uh, have a great one.